We're on the road with Mickey, we're gonna have some fun. Regardless of the rain or sun, our trip has just begun. So buckle up, let's go, we're about to start the show. And maybe if you like us, you'll see where else we'll go. Hey everyone, I'm Mike. And she's Sophie. And she's Brenda. Hi everyone. And he's Grogu, and we're on the road with Mickey. This is episode 131 for July 25th, 2022. And this week, we are taking a look at three absolutely fantastic Disney legends. A little bit more on them in just a moment. But before we get started, we want to give some birthday shout outs. We want to say happy birthday. To Johnny Right Brenda? Yep, my oldest son Johnny And then on Monday Well today, the day we're releasing We want to say happy birthday to my sister Sophie's Aunt Robin Hey Robin, happy Happy birthday And then at the end of this week We want to say happy birthday to Butch and Josh Yep, my husband and my son on the 31st Happy birthday, y'all. Happy birthday, everyone. Happy we birthday. Are... Happy birthday. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> anyway, there you have it. Now, diving into some things, we talked last week about our wowza foods. Mm-hmm. You know, I like that term. I'm going to stick with it. And and by the way, Brenda, it was your term, so I'm giving credit where credit is due. She doesn't remember it, but it was her term. <laughs> anyway, we asked in our Facebook group what some of the wowza foods others have encountered at Disney, and we had a great response. So Sheila said, and I've got pictures for show and tell. So nice. Times exciting, exciting, exciting. So let me start my picture run. There we go. Start sharing. All right. And then I'll read as we're looking. Mm, Sheila said the salmon at the Hollywood Brown Derby at Hollywood Studios. It was so tasty. The salmon was on a bed of rice in a pool of pesto. With a decorative piece of puff pastry. Say that three times fast. <laughs> piece of puff pastry. Yeah. <laughs> and then Chandler. Chandler chimed in and he said, we were on our last day and our last quick service meal during our three-day visit in January 2020. We were tired, hungry, ready to end our day. And simply needed something to eat. We didn't know anything about Satuli Canteen and just happened across it. This ended up being the absolute best meal we had. Oh. When we visit again in the future, Satuli will most likely be in our must do list. And Chandler, looking at your picture, I think it's a combo bowl the combination bowl, grilled beef, and chicken. So I might be wrong though. Let me know if I'm wrong. But that looks like a tasty bowl. That's all I got to say. It looks like change your life chicken that I make that was from the lazy genius way. Oh, yeah. Uh, 
Kendra Adachi. It looks like it, it can't be that, but it looks very similar. And I know those flavors. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And then Chrissy added some of her favorites. She loves the gray stuff. She loves Homecoming's deviled eggs. Satuli's family platter, which had a little bit of everything in it. And Space 220's King Oyster Mushrooms. I don't I haven't had I haven't had I had steak there. Yeah. And then my sister, Robin, she added her wows of food. She said that the salad on our last trip at Liberty Tree Tavern, that her daughter Stephanie and she scarfed it down like it was manna from heaven. It's good. And then lastly, my friend Cindy added her pick. And this is Cindy that's been on the show before. She said, it's just a little dessert. And let me show you that little dessert. There we go. But the 50th anniversary lemon chiffon at Sunshine Seasons is amazing and gorgeous. That looks so yummy. Yeah, it does look good. And that is our sharing for our food pictures, our wows of foods. Oh, so I think those, all look those good. pictures were wowses. Wows of so. foods. So thank you, everyone, <laughs> chiming in and giving us your favorites. And I, I'm so excited when you do that because we love to share them on on air. You know, it just adds to the show. So, so thank you so much. But yes, now, thank you so much. Please continue to. Send in your comments and share with us because we love it. We love hearing what you all like and don't like and what you want to hear more of and all that. So if you ever have any questions or comments or anything like that, shoot us an email, info at ontheroadwithmickey.com or go into our Facebook group, On the the Road with Mickey group, and feel free to just start start a thread there, you know. Put it out there and let's just see what kind of chimed in answers we get. And yep. and if you have any suggestions on topics, put those out there in there too. You know, we love getting feedback. So, but now it, we're going to our feature topic and we are taking a look at some Disney legends. You know, we've done this in the past. When Brenda first started, we did a look at Walt's Nine Old Men. All nine of which, of course, are Disney legends. And then later on, we did a look at some other um, Disney legends. I did Fred McMurray. Um, Brenda did Julie Andrews. And Sophie did. um, Did you do Ubi Works then, Sophie? I think you did. did. Yeah. And, And so this week. We are taking another look at some legends. You know, we have. Um. We have like 20 years worth of (laughs) legends ceremonies to go through. And so every now and again, we'll pull some out and we want to talk about them. And this week we have some great ones. I'm telling you, they are up there at the top of the list. Brenda is going to start us off and she is going to talk about Mr. Dick Van Dyke. So go for it, Brenda. I love Dick Van Dyke. (laughs) doesn't right (laughs) how could you not i don't know well richard wayne dick van dyke was born december 13th 1925 just 11 days before my daddy he was born 11 days 
Awesome. There must be something there. I don't know. I love it. (laughs) He was born in West Plains, Missouri. He's an American actor, producer, comedian, and writer. After serving in the Air Force during World War II, he and a friend formed a pantomime act, the Merry Mules, and performed Laurel and Hardy-type performances in nightclubs across the country. He broke into television in 1961. He was cast as comedy writer Rob Petrie on the TV series Dick Van Dyke, the Dick Van Dyke show, which was uber popular back then. I used to watch that when I was a kid. I'm sure it must have been reruns because I wasn't born until years later, but... Might have been, yeah, must have been reruns, but I used to love that show. Remember that? He used to come into his house and he he fell over his ottoman. I never saw it. Oh, sorry. Well, I have got to go. It was a good show. I got to go find it. It's a YouTube waiting to happen. Yeah, it's a YouTube waiting to happen for sure. Although the show was a huge success, Walt Disney also had never heard of him. When casting for Mary Poppins, Dick's name was suggested to Walt, and after a private screening of an episode of The Dick Van Dyke Show, Walt chose him on the spot. No audition needed. Oh, wow. Pretty cool. That is cool. Dick Van Dyke, of course, played Bert, the Cockney chimney sweep slash kite peddler slash sidewalk artist slash one-man band in the 1964 Academy Award-winning film Mary Poppins. A film in which Walt Disney devoted four years of his life to creating. When Dick read the script, he decided he also wanted to play the part of the old bank chairman, Mr. Dawes. He told Walt, I'd like to play Mr. Dawes, and I won't charge you a nickel. Walt said, the price is right, but you'll have to test for that part. So Dick went into the studio and did a screen test as doddering old Mr. Dawes, long white beard and all. The actor improvised a slapstick scene of a wobble-kneed oldster descending the steps with a cane. Walt loved it so much he had the step added to the boardroom set so Dick Van Dyke could do the bit in the movie. Nice. Oh, that's (laughs) awesome. This is awesome. (laughs) Because of union rules, Dick Van Dyke wasn't allowed to do the role for free. So, Walt and Dick Van Dyke suggested an alternative. The Disney company paid Van Dyke $4,000 for playing Dawes, and the actor donated that amount to Walt's favorite cause, CalArts. So it all worked out for everybody. It did work out for everybody. Yep. Yep. Dick Van Dyke said those months he spent filming Mary Poppins were the happiest, most fun few months he had ever spent in his life. The best part was working with Walt. What I liked about him, Dick said, was that he had the enthusiasm of a 10-year-old about the work. To work with him was one of the most serendipitous things that ever happened to me. Dick Van Dyke was inducted as a Disney legend in 1998 under the film category. Alongside him as fellow inductees that year were Kurt Russell, Roy E. Disney, and a man called Paul Kenworthy. Who I don't know, but I like his last name. <laughs> <laughs> I like e. his Disney, last name, too. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> Roy E. Disney said of Dick Van Dyke, every time I see Mary Poppins, I'm amazed at how Dick's brilliant performance effortlessly tied this film together. After all, it's Dick who first welcomes us to number 17, Cherry Tree Lane. It is his chalk pavement picture that provides entry into one of the greatest fantasy sequences of all time. And it is Dick who bids Mary Poppins goodbye at the end of the movie. 
For many years after Mary Poppins, Dick Van Dyke had many roles in other Disney productions. It was Dick who inducted Walt Disney into the American Television Hall of Fame in 1986. Joined on stage by Mickey and Minnie, he presented the award to Walt's wife, Lillian. Dick is also the voice narrating Walt, the man behind the myth. And if you haven't seen it, I highly recommend it. Have you seen it? No. That's I don't awesome. think I have. You need to watch it. Look for look for it on Disney Plus. Walt, the man behind the myth. Okay. Dick Van Dyke is now 96 years old. He'll be mm -hmm. 97 in December. He celebrated his 90th birthday at Disneyland. The festivities included a parade down Main Street, a flash mob performing Step in Time, the presentation of a silhouette of Bert dancing, and all the guests of the park gathering to sing Happy Birthday to him. In nice. his personal life, Dick was married to Margie Willett from 1948 until they divorced in 1984. He married Arlene Silver in 2012, and they're still married. He has four children, Barry, Stacy, Carrie, and Christian Van Dyke. Every time I see him, I smile. He is playful. He's just a kid at heart. He's utterly charming and loves to entertain, especially making people laugh. He is still amusing us all all these many many years after he entered our hearts that's awesome i really like him yes. i really like him he loves to spread joy i do too and i'm thinking sophie i'm thinking yeah. we need to watch mary poppins tonight <laughs> i think so too yeah i just think it's i think i'll happen. join you except that i wish i could actually join you but well you know there's this thing on disney plus where you can um you can do, do movie shares. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. So That's you name cool. the time and we'll do it. I love Mary Poppins. Yep. That's great. That's awesome, Brenda. Is there anything else you need to add? Yes. Dick Van Dyke, if you're listening to the show, we love you. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Perfect. My. Great job, Brenda. Way to start us off. I really love that guy. Oh, man. And to think he was born so close to your daddy's birthday. Yep. And Mary wow. Poppins came out the year I was born. So there's some interconnecting stuff going on over here. There is. There mm -hmm. is. All right. Well, I'm next, right? Yay. Yes, you are. Okay. I am talking about Disney legend. Roger E. Brogy. Awesome. Roger E. Brogy, the E stands for Edward. Mm -hmm. He was inducted as a Disney legend in 1990. He was born in Pittsfield, Massachusetts on October 22nd, 1908, and he joined the Disney Studios in 1939 as a precision machinist. His initial assignments were to work on installing the multiplane camera at the new at the new Burbank studio <laughs> and working with Ubi Works on special effects. In 1949, though, Roger Brogy worked with Walt Disney to create model trains for Walt's half-mile-long Carrollwood Pacific Railroad located in the backyard of Walt's home. Yay! 
Can you imagine, side note here, sidebar, can you imagine having a backyard so big that you can have a half mile long train <laughs> running through it? I'd I think that like, was a prerequisite when Walt bought that house. It oh, had to have so, room like that. I would be on cloud nine with that, you know? Roger Brogy is credited with supervising the building of the Lily Bell, which is a one eight scale miniature working live steam locomotive named after Walt's wife, Lillian. And Roger was um, recruited to work in the new um, WED um, section of Walter Elias Disney Enterprises, which is um, now known as Disney Imagineering. And so Roger Brogy is considered to be the first Disney Imagineer. Nice. He was wow. pro- he was promoted to be the head of the Disney Studios machine shop in 1950, and he became the transportation specialist. He created the special effects for the film 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, and as they were working on Disneyland, he was in charge of development of the Santa Fe and Disneyland Railroad, the Disneyland Monorail, and the Motorhorn Bobsleds. He was instrumental in developing the mechanical aspects of all Disney attractions at Disneyland and Walt Disney World. Wow. Including the Omnimover Ride Transit System, which he co-developed with Burt Brundage. That, I didn't know this, people. And that Mm -hmm. speaks to me on just how much of our ride fascination and excitement and thrill we owe credit to roger brogy yeah you know that's right now little trivia here roger and his machine shop co-workers developed the first fully functioning audio animatronic human figure in 1963 can you guess which character that was Brenda and Sophie. Abraham Lincoln. Absolutely right. It was Abraham Lincoln. And that was the first audience. Sophie audience, raised her hand and I jumped human figure. <laughs> I'm sorry, Sophie. I'm I was sorry. It's okay. So, so I you didn't... got it right. I don't know why, but I was thinking about the audio animatronics on the Carousel of Progress. Because it came to the World's Fair in 1964. So you got yeah. it right, and I would have been incorrect anyway. <laughs> yep. But that's a good one, though, too, honey. Yeah. Um, yeah, but you're right. It would That came to Disneyland after the World's Fair, so that was mm-hmm. later on. And then after that is when it moved to Disney World. But I didn't see you with your arm raised. <laughs> it's okay. I was busy looking at the document anyway. <laughs> um, let's see here Between 1973 and 1975 Roger Brogy worked on the Epcot Center project At Walt Disney World I didn't know that they were working on developing Epcot So far I know, before it opened so in 82 back. Yeah You know I, I guess I, you I, would have to, right? But we just didn't think about that Yeah Yeah yeah. But anyway, I think that's cool. 
Yeah. Roger Brogy passed away at his home in Carmel, California on November 4th, 1991. On October 21st, 2003, Roger Brogy Jr. and Michael Brogy, his children, rededicated the Walt Disney World Railroad steam locomotive number three, Roger E. Brogy, in honor of their father. What a nice honor. What a and I nice have thing to do. A picture to share. So let me pull that up. Such a gift for this those kids. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um there it is. Start sharing. Do you yeah. see it? Yeah. Yeah. And a little bit of lo- local trivia for Sophie and I. That was the fourth and final locomotive to be overhauled at the Tweetsie Railroad in Blowing Rock, North Carolina. Which I think is so cool because everyone in North Carolina has heard of Tweetsie Railroad. And the fact that that's where that locomotive was overhauled i think is really neat totally now on march 30th 2007 roger e Brogy was honored with a window on main street at disneyland the text read can do machine works mechanical wonders live steam engines magical illusions cameras roger Brogy, shop master advisor to the magic makers and here is a picture of the window nice here. oh he's got jokes <laughs> yep <laughs> and then the what i think is even cooler in some regards is he also has a window at the magic kingdom in town square located over by the fire station and the emporium and it says brogies buggies handmade wagons series and sleighs roger brogie wheelwright and nice. i think that is so cool that he has such such an honorable place in disney lore with all these accolades yes so, it's wonderful um, you know i just think the the one of the really neat things and Sophie and I have talked about this before about our book that we have it's about Walt Disney's railroad and it was written by his son Michael Michael Brogy um and it actually has an introduction from Lillian Disney in it and I've written oh. about it on our on my blog before but what's really neat is that Sophie and I and Cindy, we met Roger Brogy's son, Michael, at the convention center in Raleigh, where he was at a train convention, and yeah. he was he was selling his book and, and giving off autographs of it and everything like that. And it was really neat to be able to, I mean, it's like we had no connection. idea we were going to have that connection. Yeah. And, we're just going because I love trains, of course, and we're there. And then we see this little presentation and we get to meet him. And it was so neat. And somewhere I got a picture of um, of 
I think Sophie getting a picture with him, you know? That is great. And I think, didn't we learn that Michael Brogy's birthday is the same birthday you, as yours, Sophie? I actually did some research, and I don't know where we got that from, but I thought his birthday was actually October 22nd. Oh, okay. Oh, wait, well, no. No, that's Roger Brogy's. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Michael Brogy. I think his birthday is your birthday. Hang on, I'm gonna, I'm going to figure this out. Okay, so we're gonna play a little Jeopardy music for a moment. <laughs> okay. Because Roger Sophie's Brody. next. <laughs> yes, I know. Shh. Grogu Michael Brogy. Yep. Yep. Nineteenth. Nineteen forty-two. So there oh, you go. Oh my goodness, that's so cool. Yep. So, so I don't know how it came up in conversation. But it did. Such and a small it world. was so neat that we found that out. So so anyway, Mr. Brogy, Michael, if you're listening, then happy happy belated birthday. Yep. And um and thank you so much for writing your book, first of all, but also for sharing your father's passion with all of us, you know? So but anyway, great Roger Brogy Roger Brogy is up there. On near the top of my whole list of Disney Disney people that I wish I had gotten the chance to meet. So fantastic! Thank you. So that segues us into Sophie's choice, and yes, she is talking about one of Lillian. the most fav- famous people you'll ever hear about. And that well, you would be... already um, alluded to with your presentation, Daddy, uh-huh. about the Lily Bell specifically. Mm-hmm. I am going to be talking about Lillian Disney, yeah. Walt's wife. And admittedly, when I was researching it at first, I was finding more about Lillian before she married Walt than I was about Lillian during her marriage to Walt. And even so... I've found, even as I've recently finished my research, as in about five minutes before we started recording, I eventually came to the conclusion that the majority of my research was going to be about their early romance that led up to their marriage. So, here we go. All right, go for it. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so Lillian Disney, we're going to start from the very, very beginning, and we're going to start in Spalding, Idaho, because that is where Lillian was born. And she was born February 15th, the day after Valentine's Day in 1899. And I thought my mom had a big family because she was the oldest out of five. Lily here has her beat by five. She was the youngest out of ten. Wow. Yes, and I could not find the names of all her siblings. All I know is that she had an older sister named Hazel. Ah, that was a popular name back then. Her last name was Bounds, right? Yes, Lillian Bounds, Lillian Marie Bounds. And after her high school graduation, she attended a year of business college before moving to Southern California in December 1923. And that's where her sister Hazel comes into the story. She lived with her there, Hazel and her husband, 
and she was within walking distance of the Disney Studios. Now, around this time, another girl had been hired into the ink, we call it the ink and paint department of Disney. It's actually the tracing department, but her name was Kathleen Dollard, and she was hired to help with with the Alice series. And of course, one girl was not enough, so Walt asked her if she knew anyone, and Kathleen and Lillian were friends. So this is where the romance begins. She went to Lillian and told her this, quote, I have a job for you, but I am telling you about it on one condition. <laughs> Don't marry the boss. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? I wonder yes. if she had, had a premonition. <laughs> Actually, and this is... This is a joke for all of the adults here. You're going to know what I mean when I say this. Diane, Lillian's oldest daughter with Walt, was told later that the wording which Kathleen used when talking to Lillian about this was slightly different. And when she said Mary, she actually meant something else. Yeah, in the vernacular, don't vamp the boss. Oh, my. Okay, moving on. (laughs) Family show. (laughs) I don't know what it means. Well, Lillian decided to go for it, and she went to the studio for an interview, and this is where she first met Walt and recounted that he was not wearing a suit. Rather, he was wearing a brown coat, sweater, raincoat, and pants because it was December and it was freezing cold. But the thing about Walt is it's very... It is mentioned many times that Walt did not have suits. He wore casual wear, and it actually became one of his insecurities when wanting to meet Lillian's family. But on January 19th, 2024, she got the job at the studio for $15 a week. Hi. Yes? You said 2024. 19.24. We kind of knew it was 1924. (laughs) Just saying. Really? You guys are making me stressed out. I'm sorry, honey. I'm not. I'm with you, girl. Still, again, as I was saying, $15 a week. I make $15 an hour. Mm -hmm. Times have changed an awful lot, haven't they? Goodness gracious. Yeah. Well, despite Kathleen's warning... Walt quickly became enthralled with Lillian, to say the least. And there is a very common story that I learned about while researching this, about how Walt would drive Lillian and Kathleen home when they were working late at night in the studios, because he didn't want them walking home alone. And the thing of it is, much to Kathleen's chagrin, Lillian lived closer to the studio, and yet somehow, whenever (laughs) he was driving them home, Kathleen would always arrive at her house first. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Smooth, Walt. Very smooth. Very, very smooth. (laughs) It is also said of this, that Lillian admitted she was not very artistic at all. And she was not very good at inking and painting either. So later, Walt made her his secretary. But she made too many mistakes when he was dictating. He always said to her, 
that she was so bad he just had to marry her. (laughs) (laughs) She even talks about how she even talked to her daughter, Diane, again, about the first time that Diane's father kissed her. They were working late in the office one night and Walt was dictating Lillian being his secretary was what writing it all down and then boom Diane asked her mother what she did at that point and Lillian said I blushed that was customary in those days and even now I'm kind of blushing myself just thinking about it (laughs) now he would be sued (laughs) in today's world for sure well you know the kind of man he was and he was a good man so I'd like to think he would he would have been okay yeah But finally, Mary Lillian Walt did on July 13th, 1925. Keep in mind, all this happened over the course of a year and a half. And they married at Lillian's brother's home. It does not say which brother it was, but seeing as there were at least eight, well, we can't make a guess. But it talks about the wedding. Lillian is said that she made her dress herself and was given away by her uncle because her father had passed away when she was 17. And they had two daughters, Diane, who I talked about, and also a second one, Sharon May, who, fun fact, Sharon was adopted. Mm -hmm. It just goes to show they were good people. Adopting a child, that is a very good thing to do. And like Lily and her siblings, being one of ten, the two girls, when they grew up, when they grew up, they gave Walt and Lily ten grandchildren. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that is all that I have for the love story, but I still do have some other tiny tidbits, tidbits that I found. I couldn't form it in the way of a book report like you two did. But Lillian was credited with working on Plane Crazy, which was the first animated cartoon. And a little after her hiring at the studio, her sister Hazel also went and was recruited into the ink and paint department, where she actually met her husband. Well, two of her husbands. She got divorced once. I'm, gosh, I'm stuttering. I'm not good at this. Can you tell? Of no, course, you're doing fantastic. Thank yeah. you. There's also the fact that um, Walt was making Mickey Mouse on that train ride one day, and he showed Lillian his idea about naming him Mortimer, and Lillian was like, absolutely not. That's way too depressing. You're naming him Mickey. <laughs> it so works. Thank you, yep. Lillian. Yes, thank, thank you, you. Lillian. Yes. Again. You mentioned the Lily Bell. That was just one of the Disneyland Railroad cars that was named after her. Well, it was the one that was named after her. But also, later, at the downtown Disney, as we know at Disney Springs, there was also a paddle steamer replica paddle boat, and it was named the Empress Lily in Lily's honor, and Lillian christened it herself. And then in 1987, she pledged $15 million to the construction of the Walt Disney Concert Hall in Los Angeles. But in 1997, she passed away from a stroke. But the thing is, she passed away on December 15th. 
Walt passed away December 15th, 1966. She was exactly 31 years after her husband. Yeah. Wow. And I so didn't know she, that. Yeah. Wow. It was something that I noticed when I was researching. And then finally, in 2003, she was inducted into the Disney Legends alongside Roy O. Disney's wife, Edna Frances. That's my mother's name. Edna Frances Kenworthy? No, Edna Frances Milliton. Oh. <laughs> Kenworthy's my married name. Oh, whoops. But yeah, Roy's wife was named the same as my mom. That's There's wow. so many weird little things with Disney. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And, of course, my grandmother was Edna. Um, but I only knew her as Edna Atwood because that was her maiden name. I don't know what her her middle name was before she got married. Time to do some genealogy. Yep. <laughs> so that's cool, though. I, that's yeah. great, Sophie. Great Thanks. stuff. Yeah. I worry I didn't present it well. No, you no, did I love very to well. Think back on, you know, Walt's happiness and how he, you know, he was happy. I mean, mm-hmm. he had yeah. so much to share. Mm-hmm. He yeah. sure did. Yeah. So That's I learned wonderful. a lot Thank of things you, I didn't know. I didn't know Thank that you. Sharon was adopted. I knew that. I didn't yep. know that. And I didn't know that she passed away on the same day as Walt. She I was did not know that. Yeah, she I was 98. Know. She passed away from a stroke. Yeah. Yeah. So I knew about Mortimer, of course. Mm-hmm. Because... I can't. I'm just trying to imagine. Can in you my imagine brain. walking around with your Mortimer ears on? I know, right? Or you know, I'll the, tell y'all another fun let's fact. Watch the Mortimer Mouse Clubhouse. Exactly. Another fun fact is that Walton Lillian had decided not to tell the girls anything about his fame or anything. They they did not ever talk about that. That was not something that they shared with them. They were just. He wanted them to just grow up as normal kids and they went to a birthday party (laughs) they went to a birthday party one day and when the party was over they came home and they burst through the door and said do you mean you are the Walt Disney (laughs) I mean they were just shocked that that he was the Walt Disney I love it (laughs) I love it and I got (laughs) I have one more story. Oh, yay. I love yeah. This is a quote. Hang on one second. Let me pull it up. Um, I was looking at this person as my potential. I'm glad I did Roger Brogy, though. But in the same year as Roger Brogy, 1990, John Hench was also inducted as a Disney legend. And by the way, in the year 1990, when Roger Brogy was inducted, Joe Fowler, ah, as in Admiral fairy, Joe Fowler yeah. on the ferry boat, um, John Hench, Richard Irvine, Herb Ryman, and a couple guys named Sherman. Uh, we're all inducted in 1990, right? Like, yeah, how can you go wrong choosing any one of them? That's but right. Listen to this, and this ties into last week's quote. 
for Walt, Brenda, that you had about having fun, right? Yeah. And John Hedge said that he was at Disneyland on one occasion when a young girl mistook me for Walt Disney and asked for an autograph. I signed it without correcting her, even though Walt was standing right there. (laughs) Wow. Later that same day, someone called out to Walt, are you Walt Disney? I was working a few yards away, and Walt pointed to me and said, no, he's over there. (laughs) (laughs) It was so, I read that, and I started laughing oh my gosh i love that that's so funny oh i love that so funny i'm like that is walt laughing you know you're never too old to laugh you're never too old to laugh so that is a great story so even though i didn't choose john hench as my as my um disney legend this time i'm glad i included that but yeah that was just funny fantastic (laughs) <laughs> but anyway, Sophie, great job. Great job. Yes. Close us with Lillian Disney because that that is doing it right. That's right. Thank you. So, great well, job. There is that, one last thing to do. And that is to talk about Sophie's history. Yeah, and guess what? What? I have another Disney legend. Oh, I, nice. I like that. Yeah. And this Disney legend, unfortunately, the day we are commemorating with this one is the day of her passing. But we are talking about the Disney legend Harriet Burns. She was the first woman ever hired by Walt Disney Imagineering in a creative rather than an office capacity. Wow. Yes, and she passed away at the age of 79 in 2008, July 25th. For 31 years, Burns helped design and build prototypes for the theme park attractions, as well as the final products featured at Disneyland and the New York World's Fair of 1964. Wow. She was also at Disneyland's July 17th debut in 1955 she retired at 19 in 1986 but she stayed active in the disney community and was a frequent guest at disney and fan organized events she is the only woman to have a window in disneyland's main street usa wow nice and her commemorative plaque reads the artisan's loft Handmade Miniatures by Harriet Burns. Very nice. Yes. Yep. Well, Miss Burns. Thank you. Thank you, Sophie. And Miss Burns, today we remember you. Yep. Yes. Good job, Sophie. Great, Great job. stuff. Thank Great stuff. you. And now it's uh, time, to, time to crash this show. Dun, dun, dun. With the... With the not so stump the sof category. We call this stump the mic now. Yep. <laughs> You're the Mike one that has the answer. The, but Mike never stumps Sophie, so. Yep. <laughs> I have a luck, super Mike. easy one. Thank you. And 
I have three clues. Let's see if you can guess my character. Um, this character is an enchanted object. Beauty and the Beast. Got it. Got it. <laughs> you haven't guessed yet? Not yet. You're going to have to give me a little bit more than that. Okay. How about two words? Fantastic Feast. Dumier. Mm -hmm. Yeah. My third one would have been just as easy because I was going to talk about how this character is turned to for advice, particularly on matters of the heart. Oh, well, that could have been Mrs. Potts, too. Yeah, yeah but not not like the romantic that Lumiere is. So. Yeah, or Plumet, his feather duster girlfriend. Hmm? Mm. But you got it, Sophie, is Lumiere. Thank you. <laughs> Told you it was easy. Told Very you it was good. Easy. Yeah. Well, thank you for giving me an easy one. <laughs> and yep, I like a good one too. I like how in the end uh, Lumiere is optimistic. So listen to this. It says he remains more hopeful than most that the beast will one day be one day find love and that the enchanted objects will be transformed back into humans. So even when they were at their lowest, Lumiere had a little bit more hope than the others. Yeah. Well, he was a candelabra. He had to have that spark of hope. That's true. There you go. That's right. Wouldn't have thought of it that way. Yeah. Great job. Yeah. Yay. All right. Well, my friends, that takes us to Miss Brenda and a little bit of Walt. <laughs> And of course, since I was talking about Dick Van Dyke today, the quote has to do with Mary Poppins. Of course. Yes, please. <laughs> and as it should. <laughs> as the original Mary Poppins budget of $5 million continued to grow, I never saw a sad face around the entire studio. And this made me nervous. I knew the picture would have to gross $10 million for us to break even, but still, there was no negative head shaking, no prophets of doom. Even Roy was happy. He didn't even ask me to show the finished picture to a banker. The horrible thought struck me. Suppose the staff has finally conceded that I knew what I was doing. Let's <laughs> <laughs> see here. This is from 1920s to 1960s. It only took them 40 years. Yeah. That Walt might have a clue. <laughs> Yeah. Yep. He worked oh, so hard on that one. He really did. I love it. That's he awesome. He had so much opposition from Travers, but he stuck it out. Yeah. He stuck yeah. it out. Oh yeah, my he did. gosh. So we're all very grateful for that. Yes. You know what? Mary Poppins needed yes. to be made. Yes. Yes. And Mary Poppins made in any other studio would not have been anywhere as good. Absolutely. And that's just, of course, that's my opinion, but 
Oh, you totally. Can't imagine. It's an educated opinion. You can't imagine Mary Poppins any other way than as a Disney. I mean, can you? No. The the melding of of real actors and animation and how they seamlessly work together. Oh my gosh, that couldn't have been done except by Disney. Perfection. Yeah. Perfection. So, great quote, Brenda. Thank you. Absolutely. And great episode, girls. I know. I'm so glad to know all these facts. I just love it. I do too. This is like history that we want to hear about. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. (laughs) Pick and choose your history. (laughs) Well, to be fair, I'm a history buff. (laughs) Yeah. I'm a a history buff, so any history is good history to me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, my friends, that wraps us up. Next week, ladies. I have more research yeah. for us. Oh, do you? Oh, I do. Uh, next week, we are going to take a look at some Disney restaurants. I want a list of three restaurants from each of us that we've never eaten at, mm. that we've always wanted to try. Oh. So, and you know what? I think that's a great topic because that will help us for our own personal trip planning to figure out which reservations we should start shooting for. Yeah. All <laughs> but right. It also may help. And I'm going to post the question in the group next week and see which ones others are looking at, because you know what? Uh-huh. We might say, you know what, Sheila, you've never eaten here and you want to eat here. Well, you know what? Maybe I want to eat there too. You know? Yeah. So it might help me to answer my own question. <laughs> That's so awesome. Anyway, three Disney restaurants that we haven't eaten at before that we really want to try. So yes. that's our feature topic, friends, that next week. Great. Until next week, Sophie, Brenda, Grogu, and myself hope you all have a wonderful week ahead. And that as always you get your little disney fix somewhere if you need it hit me up we'll 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 hook you up with some disney stuff you know we'll figure out what you can do also don't forget we have our on the road with mickey magnets Yay! so if anyone needs one or wants one shoot me an email and i will be happy to send you one but and these are free these are free magnets aren't they yeah magnets yeah yeah, yeah, so no you payment. Have, you don't even have to pay postage. I got postage nope. covered too. Nice. Um, we got you. But anyway, she's Sophie. That's Brenda. He's Grogu. And I'm Mike. And we will see, see you, you on, on the, road. the road. Bye, everyone. Bye, Bye everyone.